Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Hour 2. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with Denise Dirks and Todd Kunin. This is Radio Law Talk, 855-LAW-RADIO. Remember, we are talking about general topics of law. Do not use us in a court of law of what we say. We are having fun. We have a little bit of evidence and facts that we use, but generally we're talking about general topics of law. Go to www.radiolawtalk.com and read our disclaimers. Seek local counsel. Don't call up and go, you know what? I have this issue. What do you think I should do? I don't know, and I'm not going to give you advice over the phone. But you can call us and talk to us about anything else, case or no case. Remember, this is probably the most essential businesses in the world, pretty much, Radio Law Talk, uh, for us during the coronavirus, other than the hospitals and I'm going to say toilet paper factory and maybe the gun store because, uh, I don't know, for some reason everyone's going out to buy a gun. I don't know why. Should have bought a gun a long time ago, but... I, 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 I'm going to say it. I just don't get it, Cal. I, that Just to me, I've been talking to gun store people, and they're like, it's a, they're having a rush on the gun stores. Oh, it's coronavirus. Why are you going to the gun store? Apparently, I, it's a burglar I, is all I can think I, of. I don't know, because if they're going to come and steal your TP. Oh, oh, toilet paper yeah, protection. Yeah. TPP, toilet paper protection. <laughs> exactly. Well, that that is there has been an there has been a rise in looting. There have also been more cases of people trying to go into residence. Um, I mean, look, we just did a story last hour about folks that are going trying to go to their summer homes in North Carolina, right? So that they can go to the outer banks. They're being denied, but there are people trying to go to other locations. Well, if that's the case, that means that sometimes their homes where they were going from are vacant. They're either vacant there or they're vacant in the Outer Banks. And, you know, if you have that has led to an increase in residential burglaries. And if one of those thugs coming to burglarize your residence happens to come to your place that's not vacant, you want a gun. You want to know what's scary? You ready for this? Coronavirus? No, <laughs> worse than coronavirus. What? New people buying guns. They have no idea what the heck they're doing. And I've talked to some gun stores, and they are saying it's people that have never owned guns in their lives are coming in and buying guns, yep. 
don't know what the heck they're doing. In fact, you know what the funniest part about it? He goes, this this one owner said, you want to know the funniest part of this whole thing? I said, what? He goes, a lot of them buy their guns and say, all right, hand me the gun. He goes, what? Hand you the gun. No, you got you got a 10-day waiting period, and that's normal, and you might have a 15-day, depending. Huh? You're gonna do, you know, just, just oblivious to the laws or what's going on with guns. But now that they need them, it's like, oh, uh, where's my gun? And and I we laughed about how scary that is to put a gun. And this is not – I'm not talking about left or right wingers. What do you want to talk about? But you put the guns a gun in the hand of a person that's never used one and doesn't know anything about them? Uh, that's my worry. <laughs> it's like – <laughs> and especially a potentially paranoid person who obviously yes. is not going to be practicing much restraint should there be some disturbance outside Well, you can probably stand five feet away from them. They still won't hit you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. safe there. But yeah, safe there. I, I don't understand the level of paranoia. That's my whole concern about this. I and, and I get that people want to be secure in their homes. And maybe like, like me, I thought, well, you know, I've been putting this off for a long time. Maybe this is a good time. Went to look at the lines in the store and said, no, this isn't a good time. This will blow over if yep. I decide I want to do it later. Just I think about it. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, I, guns are uh, Second Amendment's important. Well, but rumor guess what? has it that COVID nineteen makes people crazy, like, you know, rabid. I don't know. Well, maybe I, they I have to have a gun to put some. I, I haven't heard that. You know, I haven't heard Relative that. down at some. Who point. told you that, Denise? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Denise, that's a that's a joke. We don't want to start rumors. But we, but we can. All, we these, can pass. all the zombies walking <laughs> yeah, around. The walking Good job. Started in radio <laughs> law talk with they're, Denise Dirt. They're walking around. Guns. Which, by guns. the way, I've never understood why do people. Yeah, here's something that's already dead, and people shoot it. I'm missing something yeah, on that. I don't know. I don't the zombies that. you're talking well, about? Well, that's yeah, because yeah. in the very first zombie movie that I saw as a kid, if you if you shot him in the head, somehow that just knocked him out. That it, was, yeah. it, it, it ruined everything. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. The brain holder <laughs> there, which is already completely destroyed by decomp, now all of a sudden no longer works. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Todd, does. you wanted to bring up, we talked about the ACL lawsuit in Louisiana the first hour, but you wanted to bring up one point about that uh, an hour or two here, just really quick, even yeah. though we're going to get to case or no case so, in so, a second here, but we want to clarify one thing. Sure. It's, it's important always to read the fine print and the footnotes in a case. And, and as we were talking about that, I pulled up the class action lawsuit filed by the ACLU. And in one of the paragraphs, they claimed that there were 14 deaths in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, 14 prisoners who had died from COVID-19 in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. That's what it says on the complaint. That's what it says in the complaint, paragraph six at the top of page five. Hmm. And they refer to a footnote to a news article. Well, I clicked on that news article. It's interesting. It's the first time I've seen news articles quoted as a source in a complaint. I click on the news article. The news article says there have been 14 deaths in the county, not prisoners, 14 deaths of citizens in the county. And as for the jail, the prison there, four confirmed cases of COVID-19, no deaths. Three of the four cases are prison officials. So it's it's not the prison population, and the and the one inmate that had it brought it in from the outside. Was never placed in general population. So did I tell you that I, I don't? I talked to a judge, and that I don't know if I said this last week, but that is coming up all the time for the. I think I said it last week for uh, in front of judges. Like they walk in, you've been caught of uh, you know uh, grand theft auto. Well, your honor, my uh, client, uh, I give him a thousand dollars bail. You know because. Uh, 
coronavirus, he doesn't want to go into the, or she doesn't want to go into the prisons or to the local jail. Well, who does, really? Yeah, <laughs> right. But so I think they're making those arguments. But uh, I guess the, 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 the issue is, okay, give me the statistics that show that there's people dying in the, in the local jails, at least in whatever county they're in. But well, that's, and that's the problem they're going to run into globally, nationally, regardless, is that the mortality rate for the virus is still on average hovering somewhere between 1% and 2%. So on the scale of likelihood to result in the death, it's I don't see how you make that from a statistical standpoint, and that's some of the things that courts look at. Well, but I think when you look at the nursing home in Seattle where one person gets it now in wow. Reading in the veterans yeah. home, there are five people who have been infected with the with the COVID-19, no deaths, but still five people in a in a veterans home. I mean, this is these are potentially the, hot yeah, those, here, those, right? the hot spots are those yeah. those homes but right. the, but the big thing with those is there's a higher concentration in veterans homes and and nursing homes of people with pre-existing conditions that the covid-19 virus specifically targets and makes them likely higher a higher likelihood of them to to suffer death That's true. as opposed to the prison population, which may be more between the generally 20, 30, right. which are generally more healthy. Let's do case or no case. Okay, how much time? Do we have a time to get into a case or no case? Uh, at least at least get the facts. Mm, what time is it? Well, how much money we, have, you got? we have a minute left. No, mm. no, no, no. Let's not do it. Well, I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about uh, after the case or no case coming up. We're going to talk about judges refusing to allow California uh, inmates to be released over the coronavirus concerns. We're going to talk about that. But the important one that I'm kind of very interested in is Denise is going to delve into child custody issues and the determination that a lot of these child custody arguments, you know, that are supposedly best for the children. What happens if your one parent works in the emergency room or as a nurse or working with COVID-19 patients? Or as a, um, let's say, a firefighter or an EMT of some sort. What does the judge do? Do they do what's best for the parents? Or do they do what's best for the children? And there's some interesting laws, depending upon the state you're in, Cal, that Denise is going to bring up and discuss. It depends where uh, you are. And then only that, there's some that's already, the judges have already made some decisions concerning that. So we're going to talk about that when we come back in case or no case. We'll be right back. Radio Law Talk will be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Infectious diseases spread by pests like malaria, Zika, and Chagas disease are causing a worldwide health crisis. Fortunately, here at home, we don't face the same level of threat, but we shouldn't let our guard down. Mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus and Zika are impacting communities across the U.S., and Lyme disease spread by ticks is on the rise. Whether around the world or just around the block, get the facts you need to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car wash, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds at the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Watch a hundred feet of cloth washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Get on the road. Come visit the dog. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Fancy Pants Peanut Butter? A big screen television? You haven't even bought a sofa yet. A motorcycle? When your father finds out, he's gonna flip his shoes with two buckles? What do you even need two buckles for? Mr. Big Shot. Buying whiskey shots for everybody in the bar. From the looks of it, I'd say nobody even remembers. Feed the pig. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Cal, just start case or no case. Just get it going. Just roll. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! All right, here we go. Uh, Frank LaLuna. Had just Frank been, LaLuna. Frank LaLuna had just been graduated from Harvard Business School, so he took on a job in the financial services industry, stocks and bonds and, you know, reverse options and all that kind of stuff. He was expected to build his own list of clients, and he did pretty well. Plus, he got some clients from the person whose place he took in the company when he was hired. But soon Mr. LaLuna said, I am tired of working for the man every night and day. I want to hang up my own shingle and work for myself. Shingle guy. Yeah, so he quit. 
Within two weeks, he was calling all of his clients from his former uh -oh. business and soliciting them to join his new firm. His former company tendered a cease and desist letter, but Frank said, really, I didn't call any of my former clients who didn't approach me first. Jameson and Northwoods, his former firm, said, well, maybe we can talk about this in court. So they called their lawyer to see what to do next. And so I ask you, Denise, did you go first last time? Okay, you did. So, Fred, case or no case? Um, a lot of it's going to depend on a couple of things. The first thing is it depends on the state, number one. Number two, it depends upon um, what the agreement was with the employer. Um, in other words, did the employer have an, a, a, some sort of contract with their employee to determine what they can or can't do with those cases uh, or with those clients? There, is, there may be an issue there, whether or not they can take those uh, individuals, uh, this, that the Frank can take these individuals to his new business. But if they're contacting him first, if that's actually true, that they contacted him first without him contacting them, then I would think the employer would have no case. I'm going to say it's a case, and I think Frank wins on the premise that Frank never contacted them, no matter what was in their contract, they contacted Frank to hire Frank, and uh, I'm going to say the employer cannot tell their, um, I'm going to call their clients, yeah. what they can and can't do. Yeah. How would you establish that? Right, exactly. So oh. that's the fact. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go on those facts. Frank wins, and it's a case. Mr. Cunin, what say you? What's the jurisdiction? New York City, New York Jur State. So jurisdiction is New York City in New York State. Mm -hmm. Now, in your recitation, you first said that he was contacting his clients, but then you said they contacted him. So well, which one? What, can they, we can clarify They were that? doing business. Let's put it that way. They were doing business. They were doing business. And when he was queried about it with the cease and desist, his official response said... They contacted me first. I had never talked to anybody. Okay. So there's a couple of things going on. He may have let him know he was departing. I don't know about that. All right. So yeah. there's, there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, Fred is correct. It really is state dependent. For example, in California, you can enter into a covenant not to compete, where if you get fired, they, they the agreement says that you can't go to work in the same place competing with your employer. And those are not valid in California because of Business and Professions Code 16600. Some states have similar provisions that uh, do not allow covenants not to compete, and some allow them to happen. So uh, I don't know what New York is, but regardless, most all states, if not all, regard the client list as a trade secret. And you cannot download the client list and take it with you. You may be able to open up your own shop, depending on the covenant not to compete, but you cannot use the list from your previous employer because it's their trade secret. They're allowed to protect it. And um, I'm going to say that this is a case. And the issue was who contacted whom, and I'm going to say that Frank ultimately loses because they found that the reason he was doing business with them was because of the information he took from his employer when he left. Okay. So case, case, Frank loses. All right. Denise Dirks, what say you, case or no case? Well, I say I, I agree with the two others that the state is really important. Uh, laws in the states can change. I disagree a little bit with with um, with 
Todd. Oh, no, me? No. Yeah, no, with Todd, just because in California, um, non-complete clauses can be enforceable as long as they are not an unreasonable restriction as against trade. Um, and duration becomes important. Well, I disagree. All right. We'll have to look that one up. And then, um, of course, if you take the clients of the business that is you know, taking trade secrets, which is a crime as well as punishable civilly, um, and it's clearly distinguishable. An, an investor has a different duty than an attorney. So when an attorney leaves the firm, at least in California, um, they have a duty, if they've worked on the case, um, to inform the client that they are leaving the firm. And the client has a choice that they can leave with the firm or stay, or leave the firm and go with that attorney or oh. stay with the firm. I didn't know and that. that has to be done. And, and ideally, you do it jointly and kind of make a good thing of it. That always happens, but that's the ideal. So I am going to step out and I'm going to say that. Um, this is not a case, but it is a scenario. Hmm. All right. Well, let me tell you this much because I, I'm I, I'm so glad that I could bring this up to you. Yes. This case, you know, <laughs> just really glad. I think I'm a winner. Yeah. Those of you who say this was a case, that would be Fred and yes. uh, Todd. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> common scenario, oh. but no case. And then, there you go. Two more points. For Denise, not that she's competitive. I'm just no. <laughs> not Denise. Spanking the boys, beating us. Boys oh. are weird. That, ladies boys and gentlemen, is case or no case. And next time, I'm going to take you to Baltimore, Maryland, where nice. a person filing a case looked flushed. Okay, well, give us some sort of kid uh, little beep thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know which uh, one. Give I, us I, I will have something we right here something. which says... Just throw uh, something out there. I don't care. No points for you. Okay, no points for me. <laughs> okay, Denise, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get through this coronavirus thing. Let's, Denise, I want you to talk about the coronavirus from the child custody standpoint. What are the, some negatives and some positives? Lay out kind of some things that that uh, that we're gonna t we'll talk about in a second here. I want you to lay out what happens in the different states, and when we come back, let's delve into that. Sounds good to me. Hey, call us at 855-529-7234. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station, and also on RadioLawTalk.com. We'll continue right after this. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108. 
That's 800-814-5108. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Hi, my name is Liz. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. Radio Law Talk. Now, back to the show. This is the part that I love, that I lean back in my chair and put my leg up, you know, and just relax, because this is Denise's uh, forte, and she gets to talk about uh, important things in life, because actually this is very, very important when it comes to child custody, Denise. So lay out generally kind of you know, what happens in child custody and then how this coronavirus may and has starting to affect child custody issues, especially when it's first responders or ER doctors or ER nurses. What's going on? Well, well, Cal's got a poke punchy in there. Okay, there you go. Many states, the states are all different. The laws for custody are different in almost every state. The majority of the states look at what's in the best interest of the children. They look at the health, safety, and welfare of the children. That's going to be super important in the context of the coronavirus. Um, there, what's happening out there is there's a distinction between parents that are first responders and and there's a distinction um, against parents that are not, that have just maybe the normal um, you know, uh, risk of attra- uh, getting coronavirus. So in New Jersey, there was a... Um, soon-to-be ex-husband who went to court on an emergency basis and got sole temporary custody of his children because his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife was a doctor who was going to start seeing patients again in person. Now, she's not on the first, you know, she's not dealing with coronavirus patients, dealing with her own patients, but she does have to have now face-to-face. And by gosh, they convinced the judge and the judge granted it. And she had to work over the weekend, and she had planned to have a birthday party with her child, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things she was going to do. And um, the question becomes, should nurses or should doctors or, or anybody, firefighters, anybody that are first responders or anybody that is in the health industry, um, are they subject to having their children taken away because they are helping people with coronavirus? And the answer to that, in my opinion, should be no. And what ended up happening in this New Jersey case is that the doctor said, look, I'm just going back to my regular practice. I'm seeing people one-on-one. These people are not necessarily coronavirus patients. I'm not treating that population. So he, the judge said, look, 
we're okay with that. But if you get sick, then you have to make sure that your husband or your soon-to-be ex-husband gets the children. And then you have to quarantine yourself and be away from your children. And she initially, that was the order. And then she initially, because her husband talked to her into it, um, said, look, I'm going to step back from my practice again. I'm going to see people by video conferencing. I'm not going to take the risk for my children. Yeah, now, 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 to be a devil's advocate, and that's what we do here, we're going to say both sides, and I know there's more to talk about. But then you ask yourself, and you said at the very beginning, and again, I these first responders and uh, people in the healthcare are the most important people right now. But then you ask yourself, what is the best thing for the children? Right. And would, what if, I'm, I'm doing a scenario, Denise, mm-hmm. what if there is, an, let's say, an ER doctor, and that ER doctor is dealing with coronavirus patients on a daily basis, um, and there is a child custody argument that comes up because there's a divorce, and, and as, let's say it's already occurred, and they, let's say they got 50-50 right now, and uh, the former spouse, whether it's male or female, goes back to the court and says, I'm worried about my children because this individual that's my former spouse is an ER doctor and is around coronavirus people. What do you think about that? How does that work? Is it at the best interest of the children to temporarily stay with the the non-ER doctor spouse or not? Well, first of all, if there's a co-parenting agreement, the agreement's going to be enforced gotcha. completely. So if the parents agree, the court's going to defer to their parenting decisions. But if one turns to the parent and it's opposed by the other parent, it's going to depend on the state because there are states out there that have what's called primary custodian. That means that one of the parents is automatically designated as a primary custodian. And those states are then saying, the children need to shelter at home with their primary custodian, period. So there are states that are taking that drastic approach. Then there's other states. California is one. Oregon is one. I think Washington is one where they say, look, these are custody orders. None of our governors have said people don't have to honor orders. If you don't honor the orders, you're going to be subject to contempt action, and you could have problems with your future custody, and you could have problems with fines and penalties, and they are enforcing the orders. Even the police are enforcing the orders uh, for uh, custody. Now, I think the harder question is when you have a parent that's in one state that says shelter in place, and there's a parent in another state, say New York, where it's a hotbed, then do you have to send your kid for custody to that state? That becomes a, a harder issue, in my opinion. Well, the interesting thing to me is you mentioned that the, the case that you were talking about that started this was New Jersey, right? right. And look, if you look at all of the COVID-19 related deaths in the United States, the state with the highest number of deaths is New York, but the mortality rate isn't that much different. They just had more cases of it. Uh, New Jersey was another one with very high. In fact, between New York, New Jersey, and one other state, they account for nearly half of the total number of deaths in the United States related to COVID-19. But I wanted to show, uh, just talk about a statistic that comes from China at the height of what they have. And some people may question whether or not we got accurate data from China. But the other one is from Italy, where there really hasn't been much doubt about the number of cases and the mortality rate. This is as of March 17th, when it was full-blown in Italy. The total number of COVID-19-related deaths 
and the mortality rate for people age 0 to 29 in Italy was 0%. Yeah, I think that's... It was, it was 0. In China, the total number of deaths for children age 0 to 9, 0%. 10 to 19, 0.2%. And so, I mean, clearly, when you look at the data, it is and I don't think anybody argues against this, it is the elderly that are primarily at risk because of the conditions and it affects the respiratory system. But with this, I would look at it and say, on what basis is a judge, other than hype from an attorney and talking about all these things and reading the news, making the decision based upon the facts of the likelihood that the child would be put in danger? You know, I, I get it as a parent, like Fred's talking about, it's, it's the best interest of the children. So look, if, if my child wants to engage in an activity, put COVID-19 aside, if they want to engage in an activity for which the death rate for engaging in that activity is 0.2%, I probably wouldn't keep my kid from doing that at that percentage rate, because that's like driving in a car and doing stuff like that. Right. But if the death rate for participating in any activity other than coronavirus or COVID-19, anything like that, was up around 12%, 20%, heck no, they're not going to do that. Yeah, I think that's the greatest argument, and, I, and we knew yeah. this was going to come up, but yeah. that was the, that's the smartest argument for uh, any judge or the other parent that is a ER doctor to argue is statistically my kids are going to be just fine. And I think, and, and I know it's February and stay on, we're going to stay on topic with you, Denise. I, I know it's February, but you had some statistics in the United States as well, of February. Mar- March 19th. Also, as well, of March, so so what, what I just read to you was the stats in Italy at the height of the pandemic right. when, when they're, you know, Look, the uh, the mortality rate, and this, interestingly enough, was the highest number of cases, total number of deaths, 80 for people 80 and over, was 20.2% yeah, in Italy. That's okay? And at the same time where it's 20.2% for folks 80 and over, 12.8% for 70 to 79, at that same point, the mortality rate for people who had the virus ages 0 to 30 was 0%. And so when you look at that, you say, well, statistically, it seems pretty focused on a certain age group of which, by operation of law, children subject to a custody agreement would not fall in that category. Right. And in many states now, the the, the judiciary system is closed down, period. Yes. Um, and there's not even they're not even hearing emergencies. It depends on which state. But obviously, that's happening, especially um, in these hardest hit states. And I don't think if I was a parent that I would want to risk hold, withholding my children uh, from the other parent when they don't have access to a court, because I do think that the court's going to come down hard on them when they get back into court i just wouldn't take that risk at all it's not worth it plus you can't just presume that the other parent's going to make bad decisions as a parent if that other parent is taking the precautions exactly that you're taking as a parent to protect your children then there should be no presumption that it's going to be worse the other thing i wanted to point out which has been all over the news is that even the first responders are doing what they need to do to protect their kids. They're sleeping in their car. They're staying in another house. They're not going home. And that's important. You can't presume the other parent's going to do something adverse to your children. Okay, we're going to be back and talk more about this just a little bit. Then we're going to jump off and talk about the five points developer. Some interesting things. We discussed this before on on our show. 
Stay tuned. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Don't forget, it's available also on radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. This is Frederick Penny. Todd Cunin. And Denise Dirks with a personal invitation to you who have a business that could benefit from a little national exposure. Radio Law Talk is heard in more than 35 markets across the United States, and Radio Law Talk provides that opportunity. Some of you have listened to the show and thought, my business should be advertising there right now. We agree. So email info at radiolawtalk.com. And we'll get right back with you. Let us help your business grow in multiple markets. Email info at radiolawtalk.com now. Because Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call. 916-259-4043. 916-259-4043. Concussion Medical Clinic. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? 
I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, that's 800-814-5108. pay my fee, I'll take your cake. Oh, that's down. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. We want to move on a little bit. We've been talking so much about the coronavirus. We want to move on to the Five Points developer. Uh, we talked about this early on uh, about this very interesting development that occurred. And it was in uh, it was in uh, Long Island area. Isn't that correct? It's it's in, in New York. Yes. And, and uh, Five Points is really strategically located where five boroughs right. come together right. um, in Long Island, New and York. That's why they call it Five Points that's Developer. Right. And this developer all along was going to take this piece of property, which is a dilapidated old high rise. I don't know. It was a 15 story, 12 story, whatever it is. Tear it down and put all new high end condos. That was from the beginning what he was going to do. But in the meantime, that's going to take a long time. He, he rented this out to a, a number of artists at, at, at cheap, cheap rate. He knew it and, and allowed them to put all their art on the walls outside, not just on the inside, but on the outside of the building, and, and some beautiful murals uh, that they would, that had painted. Right, and this case is the very first case to hear about whether or not graffiti, aerosol art, um, is comes within the Visual Artists Rights Act of 1990 and has protections under there, um, under that act. And what what happened is his name is Walkoff. Yep. He owned this building, and it was in a really dilapidated part of um, of Long Island. And because it was in this bad part of town, he got this stroke of genius where I'll let these artists comes in and we'll create this incredible mural type graffiti building and we'll try to build up an artistic um, division or part of this town. And that's exactly what he did. And him with um, with Cohen, um, who was an artist, a very distinguished aerosol artist, um, they got together and they started to paint this building up and they would have like contests, if you will, of who the graffiti artist could paint. And if it went so that it was such a good piece of art, then they wouldn't let it get painted over and they would keep rotating around other areas of this building for the new artist to come in and paint. And this was very popular because you could actually see this from New York City. And this building became popular. All the surrounding areas started to grow up new artists, developments, and um, it really did help increase the value of Walkup's property. Mm-hmm. So Cohen found out that Walkup had applied to get um, uh, through the city some kind of a change 
to this property, and he was going to then change it into um, high-rise condominiums right. and, and all of that stuff. And they knew that all along. I mean, that, everyone knew what was going to happen here. I, I think mean, he, Walkup did for sure. but uh, I think they all, they well, all knew that they he was going to develop They found out. It. This yeah. is what happened. They found out about it, so that's what prompted the lawsuit. Right. And they initially got an injunction to where Walkup could not do anything to disturb this art. Um, in the court system, and then on the that was like initial ex parte type injunction. Then they get into the the hearing, the long term hearing on it, and the court decides to lift the injunction. But before the court made its final decision on lifting the injunction, Walkup whitewashed the whole entire building, making the art on that completely ruined. Yeah, ruined, yeah. Yeah, and so then that's when this. Um, uh, that's when everything became very important because the statute provided that if the artwork um, was harmful to the artist's reputation, that they could get damages. Um, they have the right to prevent destruction of their artwork as well, even if they're sell on that someone artwork. Else's, even, well, even on someone else's own property? That's right. Yeah. And the key to this case was that there was no writing between the artist and Walkup that said he owned it, he can do it, he can destroy it, nothing like that. They didn't give up those rights under the um, the act. And Walkup did not give him 90 days notice that he was intended to destroy those works of art. And stop right there, Denise. I guess the one issue is that makes a difference. People are going to go, don't forget, there's a property rights issue here. And this, right. th there's a big there's a big fight about that. But this was not like they came and did the graffiti without, you know how, how people do graffiti on your property? You could wipe it off right now if you want. That's right. But this, he knew about it and encouraged it. That's the big issue. Right. He consented to it and, yes. and encouraged it. You're yes. exactly right. Yes. And so what is so fun procedurally about the case at the trial level was that both parties had asked for a jury. And then they decided not to go with a jury. So they got an advisory jury. And the advisory jury found in favor of the artist and said that there was violations of the act. Um, 36 out of the 49 works were actually violated. And they came up with that idea that it was violated. But they only recommended an award of um, $545,000 in actual damage and $651,000 in statutory. So then the judge, because it was an advisory jury, the judge then made the ultimate decision and said that um, that $6.75 million was going to be the judgment that the artist could collect from Walkup. Because that judge was really Upset. ticked off that he, during the pendency of these hearings and before he made a decision to lift the, the preliminary injunction, that Walkup went in there and destroyed the artwork. And he said that was more vindictive rather than you're right. In right. other words, it wasn't like, okay – we didn't say you didn't have the rights, but that was more vindictive. It was a willful violation. Right, right. Absolutely intentional. And so he fixed the statutory damages um, at $6.75 million. And Walkup, of course, he appeals it to the right. Second Circus Court of Appeals. And that Second Circuit Court of Appeals upheld right. that, that verdict and um, basically said that what's important out of this, it doesn't matter if it's a temporary mm -hmm. um, artistic work. Or if it's a permanent artistic work, if it, if if it is, um, um, I forgot the word. Dang it! 
if it is a, a, a significant right. artistic work of art, then it's going to have the protections, whether or not it's graffiti or aerosol painting. That's really important because you know, this is a, a, first, at, a case of first impression. First impression, but I guess it depends also if they came out and did it without permission or – because I'm going to jump on the property rights advocates. You know, This is their property. They own it. They can do with what they want. The difference here is he consented to it and, and, and actually – you know, promoted it for them to put their art on there. That's now if he, if he owned the building and there's people coming and putting graffiti on it, vandalism, and, and vandalism yeah. type, yeah. and then he's erasing. I think he's right. going to win that case. Right. Here's the one issue we brought up. If you remember back when we talked about this, and you can go to www.radiolawtalk.com and you can type in five points and they'll find that where we had these discussions. But I remember we discussed one important thing. Why it could have made it so they took these cool pieces of art. And, and, and implemented it into the new building. You know, okay, we're going to do this new building, but we'll have a little area art center that has the parts of these walls that have these these uh, paintings on it or this this graffiti art. Well, I, th- I think more importantly, he should have offered that back to the artist. Yes, and you cut it up and you take it yes. away. Yes, you absolutely, because he'd put he uh, bulldozed the whole thing anyway. Yeah. The thing about this decision that strikes me is, you know, when a when a trial court makes a decision, when the judge over the trial makes a decision, there's no precedential value to what a trial judge does in a case. The only time the decisions of a, a judicial body start to have precedence where you can cite the case in another case is when it's a statement made on appeal. Now, this is before the second district court, federal court of appeals, and it opens up their decision has is opening up a new defense for graffiti artists because the court says first that the statute recognizes that unlike novelists composers for example visual artists depend on the integrity of the physical manifestations for their work they went on to say that although the work's short lifespan means there will be fewer opportunities for the work to be viewed and evaluated the temporary nature of the art is not a bar to recognized statute so if graffiti artists assuming they have permission to paint your walls, do something, if if they do that, they're going to get protection. I think what's going to happen is it's probably going to lower the incidents where they get permission to do it. I totally agree because in a lot of these big cities and urban areas, you'll see the whole side of a building where they have opened it up for graffiti artists to do their thing. And I think that that is going to stop with this with this decision. If I'm a property attorney, I'm advising my clients, yeah, don't let them do it. They could oh, yeah. inflict or affect your ability to do anything with that property. Yeah, and I agree with that. But maybe he did he did benefit from them coming and do that because he was able to receive a lot of rents for that. Not not just the rents, but the value of the property went way up. Hey, we come back third hour. Join us. We're going to talk about some Hollywood and sports cases coming up, and case or no case. You're listening to Radio Law Talk, and we thank you for doing so. We will be back in about seven minutes. Don't go away. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
paying for the little blue pill? What if you could get the exact same results for just a fraction of the price, guaranteed? Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in the blue pill. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right. Absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of the little blue pill. So give your wallet a break and call us toll free at 800-365-6017 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-365-6017 and get your generic sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this, so call 800-365-6017 now.